There is mounting evidence that surgery can be a key weapon against diabetes, improving glycemic control, or sending the disease into remission entirely. As the scourge of diabetes continues in our country and abroad, safety and efficacy of surgery are two legitimate concerns. How does gastric banding surgery stack up against more traditional therapy? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Diabetes. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon, and our guest is Dr. John Dixon, Associate Professor of Medicine at Monash University Medical School in Melbourne, Australia, and Head of Obesity Research at that university. Dr. Dixon is the lead author of research published in JAMA on the efficacy of surgical therapy towards remission of type 2 diabetes. Welcome, Dr. Dixon. Hi, Dr. Hill. Dr. Dixon, tell us about gastric banding surgery. Well, gastric banding surgery is the placement of a small silicone band around the very top part of the stomach. The band has a, has a balloon on the inside of it, and it's adjustable. It sits about a centimeter below the gastroesophageal junction, and it's placed laparoscopically and sutured in position. The band also has a small tube coming from the balloon, and that's placed on the rectus muscle on the abdominal wall, and we can adjust the band at any time in the rooms following surgery. And we adjust the band to suppress appetite, to provide a prolonged feeling of satiety after a small meal. How long has this procedure been going on? Gastric band surgery of this adjustable type was first started in Europe in 1993. However, it wasn't until 2001 that this surgery became available in the United States. And what about the weight loss associated with gastric banding surgery? Well, the weight loss associated with this surgery is very similar to that of of gastric bypass, but it has a very different pattern. With gastric bypass, which many of your physicians in, in the U.S. will be very familiar with, there is a very rapid weight loss in the first 12 to 18 months, and then it reaches a plateau and there's slight weight regain. With the adjustable gastric band surgery, the weight loss is, is slightly slower, it's more progressive, and it reaches much the same level by the time you get out to three to five years. So that people lose between 50 and 55% of their excess weight, or between 20 and 30% of their body weight. What's the purpose of the adjustable nature of the gastric band? I think this has been the the beauty of the band. When people did stapling operations in the past, gastroplasties, it was set and forget. You, You had one chance of producing that gastric restriction and sometimes if it was too loose, the patients wouldn't lose enough weight or if it was too tight, they could only have a liquid diet and a very soft diet. The adjustability allows us to set the band such that the patient can have a small meal a small normal meal, but not be hungry after it. And the magic is that they're not hungry for hours afterwards. In fact, we've shown that even first thing in the morning, if the band's properly adjusted, the patient isn't hungry. Now tell us a little bit about the research that you did specifically on this procedure with respect to weight loss and other issues. Yeah, well, I think we should respect the fact that weight loss is a tremendous treatment for type 2 diabetes. We know that the diabetes epidemic, the joint epidemics of obesity and diabetes are going hand in hand. In fact, much of the burden of diabetes disease is occurring in obese, class 1, class 2 and class 3 obese people. So 
it's only logical that weight loss would have a great benefit. And in fact, we know from the diabetes prevention studies, etc., that we can prevent diabetes with very modest weight loss. So we have a, a method of achieving substantial weight loss and sustaining that weight loss over a period of time. And all the observational studies suggested that the majority of people who'd had bariatric surgery, whether it be bypass or band or old stapling operations, would, in most cases, lose their diabetes, or we would prefer to say diabetes going into remission, no evidence of the diabetes. So we took this one step further and did a randomized controlled trial. We took a group of patients, BMI between 30 and 40, we randomized 60 patients to either conventional best diabetes care along with a very intensive lifestyle program and the other group had best diabetes care plus the lap band surgery, the laparoscopic adjustable gastric band. And at the end of a two-year period, 73% of those that were randomized to surgery were in remission and in the other group, there were 14% in remission at the end of that time. The key thing was that remission of diabetes was related to the extent of weight loss. Why is it, Dr. Dixon, if you could review for us briefly, does weight loss affect diabetes so profoundly? The key thing is that weight gain produces diabetes. Now, someone has to be prone to diabetes. They must have the genetic makeup to get it. But the increase in diabetes throughout the United States today is driven by this obesity epidemic. And what happens is that the accumulation of visceral fat produces a lot of free fatty acids and inflammatory cytokines which have an effect on muscle and liver and the pancreas to produce insulin resistance. Insulin resistance, in fact, patients who are obese all have some degree of insulin resistance. Many, particularly those with central obesity or apple-type obesity, have extreme insulin resistance. So they have to produce a lot of insulin. The problem is if their pancreas can't cope, that is, there's a degree of beta cell failure or beta cell inactivity, which happens with diabetes, they, then diabetes ensues. So not everyone who's obese and not everyone who is insulin resistant will develop diabetes, but these are the precursors of the development of diabetes. The toxic milieu that central obesity places on the body it has, an, has a serious effect on the beta cells of the pancreas itself. So the glucotoxicity, the lipotoxicity, the inflammatory cytokines, and perhaps even fat in the area of the pancreas can reduce the beta cell's function. So it's not surprising that if we can lose the weight, reduce the free fatty acids, reduce the inflammatory cytokines, that the whole process reverses. And you see the emergence of a diabetes-free state. The liver improves, the muscle sensitivity improves, and the patient literally reverses the process. If you have just joined us, you are listening to a special segment, Focus on Diabetes, on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and our guest is Dr. John Dixon, Associate Professor of Medicine at Monash University Medical Center in Melbourne, Australia, and Head of Obesity Research at that university. We're discussing gastric banding surgery towards diabetes remission. Dr. Dixon, if someone lost the same amount of weight that gastric banding produces in the same amount of time, would it have the same results on the remission of diabetes? Yes, we believe it would. We believe that weight loss is the best treatment for the obese person with diabetes. The problem is it's very difficult to lose weight and keep it off. There's a very small number of people who can actually lose weight and keep it off. And the reason for this is not lack of willpower or failure of the diet 
the, the reason is that we're physiologically attuned to maintain our weight. We defend our fat. And if we lose 5% of body weight or 10% of body weight, we have hormones such as leptin and insulin, PYY, ghrelin, all stimulating our appetite and stimulating us to put back on weight. So it's not willpower. We can't lose that weight. It's just our physiology. We aren't able to keep that weight off for any length of time. The difficulty with people with type 2 diabetes or anyone who's insulin resistant is that they have more difficulty losing weight. I think anyone who looks after patients with type 2 diabetes respects the fact that it's very, very hard to get weight off them. But if we can achieve sustained weight loss, the improvements in diabetes control are quite remarkable. Does the gastric banding procedure really significantly decrease the appetite or does it actually make them ill if they eat too much? Well, this is a question that we have put to a randomized control double-blind trial. We were able to actually take people who had lost weight years after surgery and do a sham adjustment or a real adjustment. In other words, we were able to take the fluid out of their band or not take it out. We didn't know whether it was out and the patient didn't know whether it had been taken out. We got them to come in the next morning and have breakfast with us. We gave them a small, you know, what we call a lap band friendly breakfast but before that breakfast, we asked them to fill in indications as to their hunger and state of satiety. And what we found was that at 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, and 9 o'clock before they had this small breakfast, they were less hungry with the band properly adjusted. They hadn't had a meal for a long time. They didn't know whether the band was empty or whether it was set at their right zone. So we showed very clearly that the band suppresses hunger. Secondly, after the meal, they were more satisfied by the meal and two hours later were still completely satisfied by that meal when their band was full. When the band was empty, they were more hungry. Now, you see, the interesting thing with this is we don't know why these people are less hungry, but we certainly know it's not aversion therapy. These people did not know whether the fluid was in or out of their band. And when you take fluid out of a band or it leaks or there's something wrong like that, these patients become ravenously hungry and we can't stop them eating. Why do you think they lose their appetite? We don't know, and we're doing some experiments on this uh, in animal models, but we believe that there's something about the area around the gastroesophageal junction that sends afferent signals via the vagus nerve to the key areas of the hindbrain and the hypothalamus that are related to appetite. This is the only way we feel it's likely to be working. We haven't found hormone changes that are suppressed. What we do find, though, is that in these patients that have this small pouch that they reduce their weight and they don't seem to get the hunger even though they've lost 10, 20 and 30% of body weight. The interesting thing is that all surgery we use today, whether it be the gastric bypass, the stapling procedures, the laparoscopic adjustable gastric band, the new sleeve gastrectomy, they all have exactly the same anatomical element. That is restriction of the stomach right below the gastroesophageal junction. What the band does is that and only that. There's no diversion of the gut. There's no malabsorption there of any macronutrients or micronutrients. It's purely this gentle pressure just below the gastroesophageal junction. Have you had any patients that insisted you reverse the procedure because they were getting hungry? 
We don't have patients that reverse the procedure because they're hungry. There are some patients who it doesn't work very well on. It's probably related to a genetic abnormality in the signaling from the stomach to the brain. But the most common reason for removing the band, which is actually only in a very small percentage of patients, is intolerance of it. They really don't get the reduced hunger and they get food stuck and there's problems. And so there are a small group of patients, perhaps 2 or 3%, that over a couple of years will need to have their band removed because they're intolerant of it. We actually had one of those in this particular study. One of the patients in the study did ask for the band to be removed about 10 days only after the band had been placed. But it's unusual. There are other reasons why the band might come out. For instance, if the band erodes into the stomach, which is a rare event, but it needs to have the band needs to be temporarily removed at that time. Do these patients really go from taking insulin to taking no insulin? Oh, yes, they do. You see, there's an important point here that we can reverse beta cell damage if we can get onto type 2 diabetes before the beta cells are irreparably damaged. So we have a window of opportunity to make a difference. If we've got patients who have been so sick with diabetes for such a long time, we can't reverse that beta cell damage. So what we would believe is that, and we've shown in many studies now, I've shown this, that if we get people, when they've had a diagnosis of diabetes, say less than five years, but particularly less than 10 years, then we are likely to get remission with weight loss. If they've had diabetes a long time and they're on high doses of insulin and they're making very little insulin themselves, then they're very unlikely to lose their diabetes as they lose weight or go into remission as they lose weight. However, they still have remarkable improvements in insulin sensitivity and maybe some improvement in beta cell function. Have your results been reproduced in other medical centers? Yes, in the sense that we've known about these results in an observational sense. That is, many, many series have shown these results observationally. This is the first, and to this date, the only completed randomized control trial. In other words, when you see wonderful observations, you've got to say, now, how does this translate to the real world? And that's why you do randomized trials. It's difficult to do randomized trials in surgery. They can't be blinded. You can't do sham surgery. But we were able to do it. Some people said it couldn't be done, but now we've done it, we're also well aware that now other people, and including groups in the United States, are now repeating these type of randomized trials on patients with type 2 diabetes. I want to thank our guest, Dr. John Dixon. We've been discussing gastric banding surgery towards diabetes remission. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to a special segment Focus on Diabetes on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MD-XM157. And thank you for listening. <laughs>